Welcome back to Marriage Monday. Thank you so much for joining with me. My name is Dave Berenger, and this is my podcast to help you build your marriage one Monday at a time. Today, I want to talk about becoming a better listener. I want you to become a better listener. When it comes to our communication, um, over 90% of our communication is nonverbal. That means that less than 10% of our communication is verbal. And communication is more than what we say. It's how we are listening. That's a huge part of it. So I want to help you to become a better listener. I love, in Scripture, the book of James is one of the most practical books of the Bible. So if you don't like practical books of the Bible, stay away from the book of James because it just brings it down to brass tacks. This is what you're supposed to do. And it's got some great, great nuggets all throughout the book to help you become a better human being and a better Christ follower. And in James chapter 1, verse 19, it says, Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry, which is counter to what I see in our culture, which is quick to speak, quick to become angry, and very slow to listen. But if we can get that order in the proper way, we will be quick to listen, which leads to be slower to speaking, and then slower to become angry. So today, I want to help you become a better listener. So I'm going to give you seven tips for being a better listener. Number one, write this down. The eyes are the window of the soul. The eyes are the window of the soul. It's something my dad has said for years to me. In fact, I got a friend who says it this way. Listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. Why? Because your eyes display what your heart is feeling. Look into your partner's eyes when you're having a conversation, and it will communicate whether or not you are present with them in that moment. I don't know about you, but I've been at conferences and places uh, where there's a crowd of people, and I see somebody that I want to connect to or talk to, and if I'm talking to that individual and their eyes are wandering around the room, I kind of wrap up the conversation. I keep it pretty simple, and I keep it pretty surface because I've just... I've already made that decision that this person, because of their focus of their eyes, they are not interested in me and they're interested in something or somebody else. And so I just move on. Don't let your spouse feel that way about you. Lock in your eyes because the eyes will say what's happening in your heart. Number two, pay attention to your body position. Pay attention to your posture. When it comes to your spouse, when you're sitting with them, lean forward, face them. Because what that will do is it will unconsciously communicate receptiveness and interest. But if you are turning away, you're staring off into space, it communicates that you're not really there. So pay attention to your body position. Pay attention to that posture. It's a big deal. Lean forward. Face your spouse. And that leads me to number three. And this, I'll admit, is probably my favorite one is a gentle squeeze of the hand or touch of the arm while you're listening to your mate communicates that you hear him or her and that you're empathizing. That gentle squeeze of the hand, the touch of the arm, it does so much. I see this happening in both premarital counseling and marriage counseling. I watch individuals um, who are maybe sharing something meaningful on their heart, and while, while they're sharing, tears start flowing, and I watch their partner, I watch their spouse lean over and touch their leg, or they hold their hand, or they put their arm around them as if to say, keep going. It's okay to be vulnerable. I'm here with you. This is going to be okay. We're in this thing together. And so when you're talking with your spouse or they're talking to you and you're listening, and maybe they're sharing something very meaningful, it's okay to reach out and maybe hold their hand if they're okay with that. To reach out, maybe to put your your hand upon their arm or on their knee as if to just create that physical touch that says, I'm here and it's okay. Keep talking. Number four, your face speaks volumes. 
Because if you're showing a frown or you're rolling your eyes, I don't know about you, um, when my kids were younger, if I got the eye roll, immediately I'm thinking my kid is judging me. It's no different from your spouse. Don't let your face speak before you're ready to be um, verbal. Again, don't let your face speak before you're ready to be verbal. Notice your face. Because sometimes a simple nod of the head may not seem like much, but it can send a message of encouragement, a smile, um, a look of concern. Your face can speak volumes way before you're ready to use words, so watch your face. Number five, avoid distractions. Avoid distractions. In other words, put the phone down. Put it on silent and turn it upside down. Put it out of the room. Turn the TV off. Pause the game. Do whatever you can to get fully focused. Because if you are not fully focused, your spouse is going to realize and disengage from the conversation. It sends a message that you don't care. Set aside distractions. In fact, I tell couples all the time that if you're going to have some conflict resolution going on, uh, make sure you're not doing it in the presence of family or friends. Make sure your kids are out of the room. Get rid of all distractions and as well as the, the, the people that don't need to put their nose into your business. Get yourself distraction-free. Number six, be aware of personal space. Be aware of personal space. Physical proximity is so important because people need, everybody needs about three feet between yourself and the person that you're talking to. You don't have to be a close talker here. But when it comes to intimate relationships, if you have more than three feet between you, sometimes that can make somebody feel unloved or alone. If your spouse is talking to you from across the room, maybe you guys are sitting on opposite ends of a sectional couch. Uh, maybe you're just sitting on opposite ends of a table. What if you got up and moved to a spot closer to them? You move so that there's about three feet between the two of you so that you have enough space to breathe, but more importantly, that they feel that you are loving them and engaging them in what they are ready to share. And lastly, number seven, ask. Ask. Check with your spouse to see how they see you communicating. Ask your spouse about these six other things. Ask them about personal space. Ask them about your facial um, gestures. Ask them about um, your eyes when they're speaking to you. Ask them about all of these things and get their honest input. And it's going to take some humility. And don't ask so that you can launch out and, and, and give them criticisms. Again, we're not asking for your spouse to be critical, but we're asking for your spouse to give honest feedback so that you can become a better listener. But that feedback is not... It's not the fuel that you get to utilize something so that you can be critical right back. Do it out of pure humility so that you can become a better listener and thus a better communicator. See, that's what this is all about is getting you and your spouse on the same page because if we could be quick to listen, it will then help us to be slow to speak and then more importantly, to be slow to become angry. You'll become a more clear communicator, a more receptive communicator, and it puts you and your spouse on the same page. That's all I've got for today. For today, Thank you for being a great listener to this podcast. And more importantly, thank you for investing in your marriage and becoming a better listener and thus a better communicator. Have a great day. God bless.